Welcome to the morning after show. That's Ryan Hensley. I'm Grant Cohn. I, I've been informed that the 49ers are going to the playoffs. This is amazing because I, I just stopped watching the season when they were three and four. I checked out, but apparently they've won 10 in a row. Brock yeah. Purdy's amazing, and Christian McCaffrey's on the team. This is all news to me. Wow, what a season. Yeah, it's exciting. They play on Saturday. They play the Seahawks. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into you know the Brock Purdy versus Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not really a debate, but it's a very interesting comparison. Yeah. Um, but first, there is some there is some news. Yeah, The Broncos have requested to interview uh, D'Amico Ryans for their vacant head coaching job what is your instant reaction to this news ryan feel bad for uh D'Amico a little bit i mean that's a kind of a tough situation so i don't know what was going on with the russell westbrook or wilson not, not westbrook i don't know what's going on with westbrook either but russell yeah. wilson i don't know what's going on with him this year it wasn't himself uh so i'm not sure if this is an offensive coordinator thing or what the issue is but my biggest thing for D'Amico is if he's going to take that Denver job, who's going to be his offensive coordinator? Are they going to be able to get Russell Wilson back on track? Uh, because I think D'Amico is going to be a great head coach. I think he's a, a leader of men, uh, and he'll do great in that regard. But when you hire a defensive head coach, the key is, you know, who is your offensive coordinator? So that's going to be big. And I, maybe D'Amico has somebody in mind already, but uh, that's going to be key because it could be disastrous if they don't. Uh, if he doesn't have that part figured out. Look, I don't think he's going to get this job. Um, but I understand why he might want it. And I think if you notice, like a lot of a lot of high profile coaches are getting linked to this job. And it's like, why would Sean Payton even entertain this job or Jim Harbaugh? Well, they have new owners. And someone in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe the Broncos new owners are, I think the technical term for it is stupid rich. <laughs> and I think, you know, a coach might want a little piece of that action because they might be the kind of owners that just pay a stupid amount of money for a coach like, you know, Carolina did with Matt Rule. So I can see why the, why, why anyone would be interested in that job, even though you, <laughs> you have to coach Russell Wilson. Um, I just can't see the Broncos missing on Nathaniel Hackett, who had no experience, very little experience, and then turning around and giving it to another first-time head coach on the defensive side of the ball. Usually teams overcorrect. So yeah. if they hire a guy who's low on experience, they turn around and hire a guy who's uh, high on experience. And that's not necessarily a good way to do business, but that's usually how it works in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I can see that being a, a, an issue for D'Amico getting that job in Denver. Uh, and again, you know, my I personally I love I like D'Amico, but uh, I've always preferred offensive head coaches because then the offense is consistent. You know, you could, you know, D'Amico might let's say D'Amico takes the job, gets a great offensive coordinator, they do really well. You know, that guy might be a, a target for other teams to hire the following year. So then he's going to start all over. And so if I'm building a a team, if I'm an owner or a GM, I want an offensive head coach. Um, even though I think D'Amico's great, uh, you know, awesome head coach I think he will be uh, as far as defensive minded head coaches go but again I'd prefer an offensive minded head coach if I'm building I mean look at Robert Sala I love Robert Sala he's Mm -hmm. completely as advertised great defensive coach great motivator they haven't scored a touchdown in like three years on the Jets and it's like okay well they've had injuries and you know the quarterback you know okay well do you believe in Michael Floor I don't know we'll see I mean that's that's going to be you could say the success of Robert Sala depends on injuries in the quarterback position. It does to a degree, but it also depends on Mike LaFleur. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. A lot of turnover when you have a defensive head coach, it seems to me. 
Uh, yeah. Just because you're always replacing guys if they if they don't work out. If or you're they, lucky, if they're yeah. good. Yeah. Even if. Yeah, good. I mean Robert Sala isn't replacing Michael Fleur anytime soon. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's I mean that's the that's the problem when when you're a head, uh, a GM or an owner hiring a defensive head coach. Just to go off topic for a second, but speaking of Lafleur's, Matt yeah. Lafleur, stock down. <laughs> yes. He is so vanilla, man. Like, I watched that game last I was waiting to do my uh, stream. I was watching on YouTube TV on my phone. Yeah. That was a must-win game for the Packers at home, and they played like they could give a shit. Yeah. Packers not what making, the hell was that? Packers not making the playoffs is a big story. Big story. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, who's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and didn't even make the playoffs. They should uh, fire Matt LaFleur. And then you lose, give- to, you lose to the Lions. And shout out to Dan Campbell, man. I think he's done an amazing job in in Detroit. So uh, good for him. You know they didn't make the playoffs, but at least they have a winning season, and he was able to knock out the Packers. But he was a good yeah, hire. He's a mess. They didn't blow it he up. He was a good hire. He was a yeah. good hire. I thought they were crazy when they hired him, but he was pretty good. The only problem is they're gonna like sentimentally resign Jared Goff, who is Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're gonna lock themselves into this team for a while, like nine and eight, eight and nine, ten and seven, not really a contender. And if they just moved on and found their Brock Purdy that they could spend, you know, because. Th- they're going to spend too much money on this, on, on Jared Goff. You could get that. What the Niners have just discovered is you could get this for $900,000. It's yeah. out there. Would you the Rams have done better with Jared Goff this year? Um, yeah, because he would have been healthy. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, absolutely. Point. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, there's more news. The Titans have requested interviews with Adam Peters and Rand Carthon for their vacant GM job. Uh Niner fans know Adam Peters. I guess they don't know Rand. They may not know Rand Carthine as well. Both guys are heavy hitters in the front office. Um, we don't really know what either one does, but a lot of people like to joke around that all the good picks come from Adam Peters. I don't know about that. What do you, what's your reaction to this news? Uh, you know, from what I understand about Adam Peters, man, he's he's great. Uh, and you know, I'm surprised he hasn't left earlier. Maybe he's sticking around um, to take John Lynch's spot eventually if John Lynch decides to. To pack it in and go make ten Good million dollars a year, yeah, he could. Yeah, he could. yeah. yeah. So I don't know, man. Adam Peters has been a hot commodity commodity for the last uh, few years. So I don't know if he's actually going to leave, but I mean, the Titans are going to probably throw the bag at him. I think Adam Peters to me is the hottest commodity commodity uh, for a GM in the NFL right now. Well, I, I want to know what his stock is really in the in the league because in the media. He is a superstar. No one really knows what exactly he did on his own or what he's responsible for, but he's the best. All I know is he's interviewed before and didn't get the job that he interviewed for. I think it was Carolina. Maybe he pulled out or maybe they asked him, like, who drafted Solomon Thomas? And he was like, and they were like, well, who, well what about Ruben Foster? And he was like, why you got to go? That's old news. That's, that's <laughs> Why would you bring that up? Bring that so up. I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there are some questions in that whole draft resume. Um and then, you know, I'm sure, like, he gets credit for Brock Purdy, but from what I understand, it was the scout, and then it was the coaching. Like, the whole draft process with the Niners is strange. It's a the, mystery. The scouts, yeah, it's a mystery. Like, the scouts have been there a very long time. There are a lot of them are holdovers from McLuhan, and, yeah. and that, you know what I'm saying, like, two decades ago, and they're really good. Um, then you got John Lynch, who is not exactly a freaking pushover. Yeah. Uh, you got the, the, the coaches who have a very big influence on the pick, so... I'm actually interested, Adam. I hope you or ran. I hope one of you guys gets a job, and we can actually see what you do, because yeah. I have a feeling the Niners will be okay without him. 
I just do. I feel like yeah, they're a machine at this point. Will. And they're I feel like they'd be okay without D'Amico. They'd be okay without Peters. They're a machine at this point, I think. Yeah, and I think John Lynch should get executive of the year this year. Uh, but the thing about these this 49ers uh, organization under Kyle Shanahan is we really don't know who's drafting who. In previous organizations, we kind of had an idea of, you know, they would come out and say it. That was my guy. I wanted him. Uh, but with this under this Kyle Shanahan regime, uh, they keep that stuff in-house. So it's kind of a mystery. Who did, who did Kyle want to draft? Who did John want to draft? Who did Adam want to draft? And how that all comes to play. So it's definitely a mystery with this particular uh, regime. All right. Um, let me get. Let me kill. Let me uh, buy some time real quick. I want to get the Niners' passing stats up because they're crazy. Uh, they are uncanny. All right. Hold on. Boom. Here we go. Next topic. <laughs> the biggest differences between Brock Purdy and Jimmy. Now, like we've been watching the games, so for us, like the eye test is obvious. Like you don't even have to talk about it. But people that don't watch it as much, like you know. Colin Cowherd or national people, they'll just pull up the stats. And it's kind of amazing when you look at it this way. Uh, completion percentage, Jimmy Garoppolo, 67.2. Brock Purdy, 67.1. Uh, touchdown interception ratio, Jimmy Garoppolo, 16 to 4. Brock Purdy, 13 to 4. <laughs> Quarterback rating, uh, Garoppolo, 103. Brock Purdy, 107. I mean, way more, way closer than I would expect, given that. Yeah. The Niners are scoring way more points with Brock Purdy and just watching him is so much more fun. So what do you make of that statistical anomaly? I don't know. Yeah, I was diving into it uh, this morning pretty deep. You know, so there's two things that are going on that are different. Brock Purdy has a higher uh, touchdown. What's the, what's the word? He he scores touchdowns more often. His touchdown percentage, yeah. Yeah, than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. But he's also, not that he has a lot, but he has higher interceptions than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Uh, yeah. I thought both of those things were, um, you know, surprising. The, the biggest difference, I mean, everything is the exact same thing, damn near. The biggest mm-hmm. difference is Brock Purdy is scoring touchdowns. Um, and a lot of that, I think, might have to do with this defense. Uh, I was looking at the the statistics comparing the defense this year versus last year. And the 49ers lead the NFL in takeaways. Uh, and it's a, a big, huge difference compared to last year. Over the last three games, um, I believe, let's see what uh, I have it posted on my my Twitter here, but um, over the last three games, there's been situations where, where is it? Where is it? Sorry, guys. Where the hell is it? Over the last three games, um, turnovers have led to 29 points. Um, and if you include turnovers on down, it's 40. So the 49ers defense is doing a great job of getting takeaways. Um, and the 49ers are capitalizing on it. That has a lot to do with it. But as far as the differences between the two, I think the real biggest difference is the red zone uh, and the poise that Brock Purdy has in the pocket in order to uh, stay calm, go through his progressions, and find his guys in the red zone, where Jimmy wasn't able to do that. Uh, you know, And he's obviously more mobile, able to avoid sacks and pressure better than Jimmy was. Um, but from an arm standpoint, very similar. And then if you look at something that I thought was going on, it ended up not being true as I thought Brock Purdy was better with the deep ball. Uh, and then if you look at the numbers, they're identical. Brock Purdy's attempts and completion percentage over 15 yards and Jimmy Garoppolo's are essentially identical. Yeah. But if you move that back to like 30 yards, what would it be? <laughs> it wouldn't be identical. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen you that. Know what I'm saying? Cause Jimmy, Jimmy lives in that 10 to 20 yard range. He's yeah. great there. Maybe mm-hmm. better than Brock. 
Sorry, not to not to uh, jump in there. No, but I mean, I think you know, even just been watching the offense the last at least the last couple of weeks. Brock Purdy has been really kind of the checkdown guy. Honestly, a lot of his his numbers are coming from checkdowns, short passes. Uh, CMC is able to take it and run with it, uh, and then just red zone capitalizing in the red zone. Uh, I don't see huge differences between them statistically outside of red zone. Red zone numbers are the biggest difference to me. Um, one thing that's actually interesting though is that like so Jimmy Garoppolo. Hold on, let me let me find him. Where were you at? Uh, boom. All right, <clears throat> he had eight touchdown passes uh, from inside the ten. He had four. He had four eight from beyond. So he really mostly needed to get very close to the end zone to score. Brock Purdy has six from inside the ten, but. He has 13 from outside the 10. So it seems to me like it's not a fluke that the Niners are scoring, scoring more points on offense with Brock Purdy. Now, some of it might be turnovers from the defense, but a lot of it is the fact that the Niners don't have to get to the freaking seven-yard line anymore to score a touchdown. And it seemed like what, what Jimmy would do, a, a big reason that he's only on pace to throw 24 touchdown passes this year where Brock Purdy's on pace to throw like 37, is that Jimmy would have to move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, get inside the 10, and then when you're when the Niners are that close to the end zone, they're just going to run the ball in anyway. Yeah. So he just he just wouldn't score as much or have as many opportunities. Brock Purdy scoring from further out. Maybe he's getting lucky. Maybe these screens are, are going for more. But all of a sudden, it seems like the Niners have more of a quick strike offense with Brock than with Jimmy. But real quick, people could say, you know, whatever. I test statistics say that they're the same quarterback. Fine. We're all talking about regular season stuff right now. Regular season stats. Right. And what we know about Jimmy is that do doesn't matter. When it all matters with Jimmy was how he was going to play in the in the playoffs. He had two runs. He didn't do well. He fell yeah. apart statistically. Mm -hmm. Is Brock going to fall apart statistically? Are they that similar that he's going to have the same fate, or is Brock going to be able to keep it up? Because if he can, then that'll show you a big difference right there. Yeah, I mean, that's the big question, right? Because Jimmy Garoppolo's regular season stats compared to his playoff stats are not the same. He's a different quarterback in the postseason for whatever reason. Now, Brock Purdy has shown he's poised and calm and, and as a quarterback. So maybe that'll translate into the playoffs. I don't see this guy getting being different in the playoffs. The only thing that is going to be different is his opponents are going to be better in general. That's the thing. He's going to face tougher That's defenses the thing. and better offense. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's going to face way better defenses and they're going to be way more prepared for him. And I think it's that's what happened to Jimmy. Like Jimmy would be doing great, and all of a sudden teams would really lock in with good defenses and be like, "Oh, this is what he does. This is what he doesn't do. Oh, okay, well, we got this." And it was night and day. Uh, I I think it's fair to point out that you know Brock's killing it right now, and the offense is killing it right now. But tell me the great defense they've faced so far in the last six games. Yeah, Miami, no, no. Uh, Tampa, they had a ton of a ton of injuries. Washington, no. Uh, Seattle. Seattle's actually had a good defense recently, and they mm -hmm. held them to 21 points. So maybe that one. And then what? what was, who did they play? Oh, yeah, Arizona? No. Raiders? No. So no. at a certain point, I don't yeah. know when that point's going to happen. The Niners are going to face a really good defense. What's Brock going to look like against that? Yeah. And, you know, not that either one of them have done a really bad job with throwing interceptions this year, but Brock Purdy's interception rate is actually higher, higher than Jimmy Garoppolo. And that that's kind of a, that's a little concerning going into the playoffs, playing these good defenses, um, you know. But it's been okay because his touchdown rate, uh, his touchdown percentage is higher. So it, you know it, it's equaled out. 
Um, but we'll see. I mean, a lot of this, I really think I was looking at all the statistics for the 49ers uh, this year versus last year. You know, some things that surprised me, the Niners had more passing yards last year. The Niners only had 200 yards more rushing this year. Uh, they had two more rushing touchdowns last year. They only had four more passing touchdowns this year. The biggest, again, the biggest statistical difference between this team this year and last year is the giveaway takeaway. The Niners are plus 16 this year. Last year, they were plus four. So the defense has 20 interceptions this year versus last year. They had nine. And I think that's put the offense in really good situations. One more thing before we move on. The thing with Brock also, like, we're doing a statistical comparison. Stats lie a lot, especially in football, where there's like four or five games you're comparing in small sample sizes. And I think it's important to point out that with Brock, he did have that mop-up appearance against Kansas City where the game was over. They were down big. He's playing with backups, and he threw a pick. He was four for nine, 66 yards and a pick. Okay, that happened. But if you take that away, because since then he's been playing as a starter with the starters against starters. If you take that away, his interception percentage is 1.8. You know, mm -hmm. His quarterback rating is 112. Like he is actually better than Jimmy mm -hmm. Garoppolo, but it's six games. It's six games, and Jimmy was playing well too. Jimmy was at 1.3 for his uh, interception percentage. It's nice having more touchdowns. Let's see if it translates to the playoffs. I just think it's hard to take away things because then you have to also, you know, you have to put into play how many interceptions were dropped by defensive backs during the season for Brock. So, right. So it's hard to take away things. For me, I just like to look at the whole scope and it is what it is because if you start doing that, then you got to, okay, well, multiple interceptions were dropped. And I, the Jawan Jennings, Drop. They turned into an interception. That's really not Brock's fault, but Jimmy's had those things as well. So I think just when you have a big body of work, it kind of shows you everything. The reason I would say that one I would take away is it felt like an unnatural circumstance. I mean, the game was over and he was playing with backups. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you could hold it against him, but it's not like any circumstance he's faced since or will face in the playoffs. Well, he definitely doesn't make me feel nervous like Jimmy did. So, whatever – I mean, statistics aside, I feel more calm when Brock Purdy is passing the ball than I did with Jimmy. So, that, that's got to tell you something. I mean, the eye test is a lot of this, you know, that kind of throws a lot of these statistics out of the way. What we're seeing with Brock is a more calm quarterback who's going through his progressions, and, uh, you know, that's – a much better thing to have than Jimmy Garoppolo going into the postseason. Every time he threw it, it used to make me nervous. Also, we talk stats like Jimmy Garoppolo supporters. The only stat they would ever point to was win-loss win record. Yeah, and yeah, he was seven and three this year. Brock's five and zero, oh. and yeah. you know Jimmy lost games that he shouldn't have lost. And yeah, you, he had excuses and whatever. You know, um, he was rusty or whatever. Like he lost to Denver. Brock Purdy's a rookie. He was rusty. Yeah. I mean, like Brock Purdy has is inexperienced and he hasn't lost yet. I I think it's it's fair to wonder would Brock have lost to Denver? Would Brock have lost to Atlanta? Would Jimmy Garoppolo have beaten Miami if he had stayed healthy? Would he have beaten Washington? Would he have beaten the Raiders? I I think the Niners are winning games right now yeah. that Jimmy Garoppolo not wouldn't necessarily have won, and that's I guess the eye test too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably true, man. I don't know about the Raiders. I don't I don't know if Jimmy would have won that Raiders game. As far as Denver is concerned, that's one of the best defense the 49ers have faced um, all season. And so that's he a little – out of the back of the end zone, though. Yeah. yeah. But if he didn't do that, he would have threw an interception, right? Pick I know. So that I know. Him, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. This is a mess. Yeah. Zach says, what do the Niners need to be aware of to avoid an L on Saturday? Um, Seattle has a legit defense, and it's been playing really well. 
and we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Um, so yeah. that's part of it. The other thing is that the book is out. Everyone knows it's easier to go deep than to go short against the Niners defense. So they got to be prepared for it. It seems like they did make an adjustment, and all of a sudden, Deshaun Gibson was just waiting for it. So I don't know. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, those interceptions Deshaun got, man, they're, they're nice and all, but those are like layups, like, you know. Also, pass protection is an issue for the Niners, and uh, smart defensive coordinators might find ways to exploit it because it looks like Vance Joseph did – while the game was close, and then they fell behind. There, was much, there, wasn't much, there wasn't much he could do. But when it was close, man, he was getting free rushes left and right. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's a concern. But I think he'll be back, I imagine, right? That's kind of what they're talking about. He'll be back for mm-hmm. at least maybe this game. Who? Have you heard anything on that? Aaron Who? Banks? Oh, yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Aaron Banks was doing a great job prior and you know i think having guys next to you is, is huge i think part of the reason why aaron banks is so successful is because he's next to trent williams um you know and part of the reason why maybe burford struggles a little bit he's next to mike mcginchley you know also i think what's, what's been helpful for that offensive line is it's had so much continuity all year they haven't really been changing yeah. things and now all of a sudden banks is out bronsko's on the left and i you could see like they they couldn't pick up a stunt on the left side that hadn't happened all year so yeah, yeah they need banks back for sure mm-hmm. SoCal Niner says, I can't believe I watched a grown man get tough with a trainer and then proceed to cry in the tunnel. Ooh, I felt bad for that kid. That kid looks like he's got uh, stuff. I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about him, but apparently he did something like this earlier in the year. Yeah, he did seem upset about it. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that the trainer, I mean, the trainer was just like trying to move him out of the way, but it's kind of a natural reaction when you're playing football. If somebody puts their hands on you to respond, putting your hands back on them. So, I mean, he shouldn't have done it, but it, I also didn't like that the trainer was able to put his hands on him first. I don't know. It's just a bad situation. Tough. Just to see him have that type of emotional reaction, though, makes your heart go out to him. It makes you feel like, man, maybe this, maybe he does have a therapist, but this is someone who needs to talk to someone. It needs, and like, I'm not trying to say it in a condescending way. My wife's a therapist, and I feel like mm-hmm. this is something the Packers should be all over. I feel mm-hmm. like all athletes should be talking to therapists. They're young men who have a ton of pressure on them. And you make yeah. one bad decision like this. I'm sure he was thinking, man, I just ruined my life. I ruined my career. I don't know why I did what I did. And that's rough. So I, I, my heart went out to him. Hopefully yeah. he gets. But what's crazy is that he's already had a second chance, right? It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know much about Quay Walker, but hopefully the Packers help him out. Because most of the times it feels like teams just like, hey, you're good. All right, well, we'll just put up with whatever issues you got. We won't really help you. And then when you stop being good, we'll cut you. And then good luck, which sucks. Yeah. Did you notice his teammate, uh, another guy on the Packers, immediately after kind of shoulder-checked the trainer, too, and didn't really oh, – I didn't see it. There's no consequence for that either. Nathan Flores says, honestly, refreshing to see this Niners team get in the red zone and score TDs instead of stalling and getting for field goals. Uh, Kittle is now a red zone threat. Yeah. 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 He only has one less – I think he has one less touchdown um, than your boy Travis Kelsey right now, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, Travis Kelsey has eleven. I think George has ten. That's crazy, man! All yeah. because of Brock. Like seven in the last four games. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, look, Brock. I'm not saying I, I I knew he was gonna be good, but the one the, the first time he opened my eyes, where I was like, damn, I I think I underestimated this guy. I believe it was in the play in this post regular mm, preseason. I got there eventually. My mom used to do that. She'd be like, she would call me every person's name in the house until she got to me, and she'd be like, I, I got there. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. See, uh, so it was preseason, and I believe I forget which game, but he's he's in the red zone. He spins out of the pocket like he does with you know, like he's Kyler Murray spins right, rolls right, 
hit someone sliding in the front corner in the end zone for a touchdown? Am I hallucinating? Did I imagine that? As he, as the guy makes the catch, as he's like, Purdy's jogging to finish the play, he just goes, and just like stops right in front of the uh, the Niners bench and just like struts right there, and the whole sideline loses it. And I'm thinking, man, this guy is saucy. Yeah. This guy's really confident. Like, wow. So yeah. I don't know confidence is key to being successful in all sports. You know, as a coach, I used to tell my guys like. You don't believe it. Nobody else is going to. That's like the first thing. You got to believe in what you're doing out there. Yeah, in, in everything you do in mm-hmm. life. Everything. Hound 594 says, Yo, Grant, if you were to be a fan of any team in the NFL, who would it be? Hmm. Niners. Hmm. Jacksonville. That's, that, that's an organization I can get behind. I love what they're doing in Jacksonville. No, right. I don't know. Chicago. Kyle Green says, I'll be at the game this week and fly my family from South Carolina. Should we bring rain jackets? Yes. RD has been getting exposed. Pause. Don't we have Janoris Jenkins? He didn't get it. Uh, he's old, but physical playing. Um, couldn't be worse, right? But that would have been something to experiment with yesterday. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be making wholesale changes to their defense first round of the playoffs. This is the two seed. They're going to be trying to act like you know they're confident in what they're doing. Can I do something unpopular and just defend Lenore just one second? I know you hate it, but no, go but ahead, please do. I don't want to really, pile on Lenore. Shoved in, AJ uh, Green shoved him in the back before catching that ball. So I mean, that's tough, man. He honestly, that was an offensive pass interference. It re- it really was if you go back and watch it. So I feel bad for the guy a little bit. He's right Fair there. Enough. He's right there in the area. Yeah, I uh, I just I'm not moved by cornerbacks with those excuses, like because I I, yeah. I remember Chris Culliver in, in the. I remember Chris Culliver. Or and Amber, all it takes actually. is you can't man. I mean, at least yeah, dude. Chris Culliver was so bad in the Super Bowl. No offense mm-hmm. to Chris. Yeah. Sorry if you're watching. But yeah, no, Diamador, he's 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 right there, baby. He's right there, man. Just he's make right. the play. Keith Murphy it. says, I was looking at our uh, for whatever reason, stream loss glitching hella hard. So I haven't like opening up multiple versions of it. I'm gonna get your super chats. Keith Murphy says, I was looking at our drafts, Greenlaw, Hafunga, Kittle, Mosley, Warner. All later undrafted, missed on early rounds. You don't get credit for Bosa. <sighs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, they've missed a lot in the early rounds and done better on the later rounds. And I, I have theories as to why. I feel like maybe Kyle might have more say on the early picks. And people are just like, all right, man, give the head coach what he wants. But then later, like the people who really <laughs> spend their whole careers and lives scouting these people like, get to do their work. And maybe that's part of it. Interesting theory. I could see it be. I could. I could understand where that's coming from. Let me open another um, window real quick and make sure I'm getting all the super chats because Streamyard is really glitching this morning. Hold on. Yep, I'm not. All right. I'm never wearing this color again. I feel like my whole body's green. Do I look green right now? You do look green right now. All right. Nah, I'm not really green. Okay, hold on. This sucks. Sorry. Uh, R&R says, every time Jimmy Garoppolo throws a ball off screen, I cringe waiting for the cameraman to catch up. When BP throws off screen, I'm damn near pre-celebrating. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what yeah. you mean. Jimmy goes like, oh, my God, what is he doing? Right. It's true. Michael says, top-tier talent on the roster at all levels on both sides of the ball. The cupboard is full. Time to win it all. There are zero excuses left to say. And, yeah, it's like the door is wide open. This is, this is the year. Feels like it's the year. Josh White says the argument shouldn't be Brock over Jimmy Garoppolo. The argument is Jimmy Garoppolo over Johnson because when was the last time Kyle went 10 games without injuring a quarterback? Yeah, I think he's done it once or twice. 
It's true. Hey, you know, Jimmy's working his way back. God love him if he wants to come back and hold a clipboard. He's welcome to. I honestly don't know if Jimmy wants to come back, right, and risk getting injured and not getting that. Yeah. I I, I could see him wanting people to think that he's coming back, but I don't know. David Velez has just heard 21% of George Kittle's career touchdown catches have come from. Wow. (laughs) Oh, man. He's going to get Kittle into the Hall of Fame. Not that. How many came from Beathard? <laughs> and Mullins, Ryan, what's good? I'm a realtor here in California. Maybe we can connect, Luis. Let's do it, buddy. Let's do it. Love to. Um, Mister Mason says, "How many more seasons without winning the Super Bowl will it take for Shanahan to be fired?" Dude, they've won six, ten in a row. I, I, he's never. He's not. Gonna be he's fired. not getting fired. He's not gonna get fired. He's gonna be here for five years minimum, at least more. Even also, with, he's got a new quarterback now, so the timeline starts over again. He's mm-hmm. a, he's at zero again, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's Brock Purdy for a era. long time. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. All right, moving on. What would you say Debo Samuel does here? What is his role in the offense? Like, if you had to explain to someone who doesn't watch the 49ers how Debo gets his touches now, what would you say? It's tough, man. I don't – Debo – the 49ers offense has done great since Debo went out. Yep. They haven't fallen. It hasn't hurt the 49ers whatsoever. Wow. And last year, that wasn't the case, right? Debo yep. was the offense last year. Yep. It's a different, whole different thing this year. Brandon Ike has stepped up. He's become the best receiver on the team. Christian McCaffrey is the best outlet uh, for Brock Purdy in the 49ers this year. He's the focal point of the offense. Christian McCaffrey, they, they have to dial it back with Christian sometimes. St- yeah. Get other people involved, Kyle. And then yeah. you got Elijah Mitchell, uh, Jordan Mason, who who run well. I mean, that that contract right now looks really bad. It does. It, it really does because it does. It, if this is the role Debo's going to have moving forward, they are overpaying. Right, so he's got to get back to his same twenty twenty one Debo. But right now, his role in the offense is so again. If if Blocker. McCaffrey <laughs> McCaffrey's the focal point, Jawan Jennings the third down guy. Kittle's the red zone guy. I used to do it all number one wide receiver. Um, Elijah Mitchell's the, the change of pace. Jordan Mason's the goal line. Uh, Juszczyk is the uh, the wild card. Debo is what? So yesterday he got a uh, – what was it? A One carry? He got one one carry? So he got one carry that, you know, that he'll get that sweep in the red zone just to see if he'll score, which, frankly, that play's been better with Ray Ray this year. And then he'll get, like, two or four – three, three, four screens? Three, yeah. four screens. That's his role? That's not enough. And no. Ray Ray's better at that this year because Ray Ray's in perfect tip-top shape and Debo still hasn't gotten there yet. When yeah. he's in tip-top shape, he's a he's a problem, but he's he hasn't been there since yeah. the NFC Championship game. He's, he, you know, he, does, he, he doesn't have as good a hands as CMC on no. those. He doesn't run as, as well. He runs more physical. Uh, he's a, a punisher in that regard. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you got to give him that. But he's got to really fight his way back. Hopefully, maybe maybe he'll be a big contributor here in the playoffs um, and turn it all around. But if not, he's got to bust his ass during the offseason, get back to his peak physical condition, and justify this pay he's getting. Yeah, and I want to come back to what you said earlier, how good the offense performed without him. Like, that's true. Because all of a sudden, they're not forcing targets and, and carries to someone who frankly doesn't warrant them. I yeah. mean, this is a team that's got playmakers galore in the best shape of their lives, and he's not there right now. 
So all of a sudden you take away that, you know, anchor and replace that role with Ray Ray, who only needs two, three touches a game. And all of a sudden he's going for 60 yard runs and 50 yard screens. And it's like, oh, that's the same role, but in a, a more explosive body with, who, who has who requires fewer touches. Oh, wow, the offense is even more efficient and explosive. Yeah. So I, what, one of the things that sucked about this last game is Ray Ray was like absent from the offense yeah. because Debo's back. They yeah. got to both play. And then when he when when Debo was gone, so Debo has a high drop rate. Yep. And so when he's gone, now you're throwing the ball to Ayuk and Kittle, who have uh-huh. a, a really good really good hands. Yes, they do. Um, and, and Jennings. So, and Jennings, which yeah. is a, it's a big difference. And McCaffrey. Yeah, and the first the first I, I believe the first two games that Brock Purdy played with Debo, Debo was his number one target. Mm-hmm. And when he went down, that had to change because he wasn't involved. And you saw the offense improve. It, it, you know, I hate to say it because Debo was the hero of 2021, and uh, he, he was one of my favorite players watching him. And But, man, he's just not really needed right Can now. I tell you his stats this year? Yeah. Okay, he played 13 games. He had 56 catches for 632 yards, two touchdown catches, and a catch percentage of 59. As a rusher, he had 42 carries. For 232 yards and 5.5 yards per attempt. That's pretty good. Three three rushing touchdowns. But as a receiver, when he was targeted, the quarterback rating was 73. Last year was 106. Mm-hmm. What? It's bad. It's really yeah, bad. Really yeah. bad. And yet he's still good as a yak guy. Like yards after the catch per reception this year, 8.8. That's phenomenal. But his hands have become so unreliable that every target is behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. I so, can I can see him maybe turning something around in the playoffs, but yeah, you're right, man. That's don't been, force the, it. The biggest disappointment of the season for 2022 Debo. has been Debo Samuel, and it's crazy that they could have the best offense they've ever had with Debo Samuel essentially being a non-contributor, or worse yeah. sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. like a, a a a target black hole. I don't know what you want to call it, but he's like the guy on the basketball team who's shooting a low percentage and taking too many shots. That's who he is this year, and. When they can get other people's shots, they're great. Last year, he was the guy putting up. He was like James Harden last year, putting up sixty a game essentially. Now it's like, dude, pass yeah. or sit. Yeah, I mean, I can I, again. I don't want to count him out. I can see him being a big contributor in the playoffs, but so far this season has not been anything close to what it was in twenty twenty one. No, and again, um, you don't have to force it to him. He, he he was out for a while. You saw what you could do without him. You saw what Ray Ray could do in the same freaking role. You know, like. Find ways to use him, but make him earn it. Just like everyone else had. I mean, how hard are you on Brandon Ayuk for the last three years? If Brandon Ayuk drops one pass in the first quarter, you're not calling his number again until the third quarter. But Debo is like you've been trying to jumpstart his season all year, maybe to go the other way. Give him the Brandon Ayuk treatment. Even the fan base, and maybe it's because of how well Debo did last year, but I noticed the fan base, if Brandon Ayuk drops one ball, like he dropped the one where he laid out, like he had to dive to get it. He laid out. Right. He caught it. It hit the ground. It came out, and the fan base was mad at him. But Debo drops so many passes, and you don't see anything. You don't hear the fan base criticizing. I don't you know, know why? Because Debo why? has a cool name. <laughs> well, that, and I think he just, you know, last year he he played phenomenal last year. So maybe they're giving him some leeway. I don't know. I feel like he's playing phenomenal this year. He's not carrying the team. He doesn't have fourteen hundred yards like Debo did last year. But yeah. <sighs> Anyway, Debo, I think the answer here is he doesn't necessarily need to have a big role. Uh, they can do great without him. 
and he's got to figure out a way to make himself useful at this point. And they got to figure out a way to make that contract palatable in the future. Manny PSF 95 says, can you ask Kyle if he thinks Purdy has shown he's playing like a starting level quarterback in the league? Feel like his answer would say a lot. It's an interesting question. He's because like what his attitude yesterday after the game was, he did some good and some bad. And I'm thinking like, man, he just put up a 141 rating and three touchdowns and no, what are you talking about? Good, some good. and some, Yeah, he had the 17 yard sack. Sure. But that's a strange um, tone to strike after that game. That's not what I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm lower on, and I know people are going to kill me for this. They're probably mad at me for the Debo thing. They're going to be mad at me for this too. I, I like Brock Purdy. I think he's an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. But there are things that I do still concern me that I, I wonder about. I mean, yesterday he had really he had two really good passes. Uh, both of them were touchdowns to George Kittle. The first the one. Of, oh, my God. Yeah. The first one. The first yeah. one. Whoo! That really was nice. Good. Really, really good. good. Yeah. But there were some there were some things that, you know, I noticed. He, de- he definitely panics in the uh, – not panics. That's not the right word. He leaves the pocket, I think, a little prematurely sometimes. He did it last week, too, against the Raiders. Yeah, I'm starting to see that more and more. That being said, though, I felt like he was under legit pressure in the first half of this game. Like, the, he was yeah, – like, there were so many broken, busted plays in the first half in particular. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I mean, he got sacked four times. I think that's as much as he's been sacked all season prior to that, right? So, a lot of pressure, but he's going to have to – he's going to see that. He didn't quite look as quick yesterday for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons runs a 4-3 or whatever. There Jack you go. his ass down so fast. That's the yeah. thing with Brock. Like, he's he's quick, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And he's not Russell, young Russell Wilson. I feel like he plays like he's young Russell Wilson. Like, nah. You're going to get in trouble playing like that. Honestly – you know the comparison for for him to me, honestly, Tua. Like Tua was lighting the league up. Tua was the number one rated passer. Um, but you question like, and he's quick, you know. But like, yeah. how strong is your arm really? And are you gonna stay healthy running around like that? Because you're not Lamar. And yeah. the answer with Tua is he's never been able to stay healthy. That goes back to college. Um, Purdy might be better than Tua. I think he's more confident. That's just something. Not there. There's something not there with Tua. You know what I'm saying? But like, just the ability that Mike McDaniel was able to make him look like the greatest quarterback in the league statistically, maybe that's a little bit what Kyle's doing with Purdy right now. And maybe, you know, um, maybe he's not the franchise quarterback, just like Tua isn't necessarily in Miami. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. I think Kyle, you know, Kyle obviously has his opinions on these quarterbacks that are probably different from what we see. Kyle knows what he's doing to help these quarterbacks. He knows what the quarterbacks are doing more than probably everybody outside the organization knows. We don't know what's going involved in this offense. I will say Brock Purdy looks better than Jimmy Garoppolo to me, and it's not even close. Whether he's top 10 quarterback in the NFL, I think that I'm still waiting to see what's going on. I'm not going to make any big declarations like that before the dude has played 30, 40 starts, but you got to say for a guy – to come in his rookie year and go 5-0 and and put up 33, 4 points a game, like, Phenomenal. you don't even have to analyze it. It's just something yeah. you sit back and be like, wow, I've never seen anything like this in my whole freaking yeah. life. Yeah, I've never amazing. seen anything like this. I've yeah, never seen anything like this. I've been trying yeah. to think of a rookie that has stepped yeah. in and played so well. Now, to go on the other side, the weapons that, that he has at his disposal no are also no doubt. Un- no doubt. That's why I compare it to the 99 Rams season, like, what Kurt Warner did. He was the greatest story and he, you know, he was a grocery bagger. 
Dude, he had Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, Azakim. That team was uh, who was the left tackle? Orlando Pace. The team was freaking loaded. But under Trent Green, they were kind of okay, like right. Jimmy. And then under uh, Kurt Warner, they took off. The difference was Kurt Warner was like thirty at that time. And yeah. yeah, it was his first opportunity to really play, but he had played in a bunch of semi-pro leagues or whatever, you know, arena league and all that. Mm-hmm. This dude's 20, just turned 23. That's the crazy part. It's just yeah. being able to step in and then also command the respect of your teammates at that young age. His leadership is really top-notch. Uh, that That is, you know, without question. So yeah. we'll see, man. I think it's still the, you know, I know a lot of people are really excited about Park Purdy, and I am too, man. The story's been phenomenal. And if he goes far in the playoffs or wins the Super Bowl, I'm not going to say anything about it, man. I'm going to be all yep. on board. I just, uh, I just, I don't know. There's something about him just doesn't, to me, I'm not convinced that he's like a top notch quarterback. And I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have the Patrick oh, Mahomes. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't Allen. go there either. But yeah, it seems to me no, like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't need to prove that. Like what, what he, the, the bar he needs to clear to me is, is he the guy for the next three years on his rookie contract? Yeah. Because he's so cheap. You can yeah. keep the team together and and keep this formula going. I'm not saying he's worth $50 million a year. That, that's, that's a the conversation thing. for another yeah. day three years yeah. from now with more evidence. And I don't know that I feel any quarterback is worth that much money. But for the next three years on this contract, I don't know how you yeah. could do better for the money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I'm open-minded. Yeah. That's where my yeah. mind was this week. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Is he a forty million dollar quarterback? I'm I'm definitely not willing to say that yet. There's only no. there's probably only like a handful of quarterbacks. Maybe out. two. Yeah. Maybe so, five. Maybe five. Right. And if you have one of the if you have a top five quarterback in the world, by all means, hold on to him. But if you don't, stop pretending like you do. Minnesota, Arizona, <laughs> Denver, Cleveland. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Stop. Don't do that. Arizona, and that, the Niners are in a good spot because they were pretending they they had that guy for a while. And Jimmy, yeah. oh, he's a t- no. No. So get someone who can do what Jimmy does for a fraction of the price. Oh, you did it. Oh, and he's better than Jimmy? Great! <laughs> Great! You're set. And you have Trey backing him up in case something goes wrong? Even better. Yeah. Or? I, I think we'll, again, we, we, we'll see what Brock's got in the playoffs. Yeah. That's where he's going to uh, write his legacy. They really got to keep Trey, though, Like to bring up that trading. And 68 quarterbacks have started in the NFL this year. 68. So you can't just move on with one quarterback, uh, especially two. this early. You know? Or three. If yeah. Billy Bean owned an NFL team, he would have three or four quarterbacks on his roster on their rookie deals at all times. Or it's, I feel like he would only have quarterbacks on rookie deals or quarterbacks on one-year deals unless he had Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Otherwise, yeah. there's, why are you invested in that guy? Why? Why? Yeah. Right, doesn't make on. any sense. Move on. If you want a guy on a one-year deal, fine. You know, you want to get Jimmy Garoppolo for a million and a half dollars, fine. But sixteen million? <laughs> Someone's gonna get, like the the Lions are gonna give Jared Goff a multi-year extension. Mistake. The the Seahawks are gonna give Geno Smith a multi-year extension. Maybe mistake. Dude, just draft a quarterback and do what the Niners are doing with Brock Purdy, or, or, or what the Eagles are doing with Jalen Hurts. Right. You can find guys and put a good team around him. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Tony says decoy Samuel is what D boy. Ooh, decoy Samuel. It works. Wow. It works. Sorry, Debo. It works. Michael says Debo's impact will be third weapons role. His contributions will show up. Kyle will give him opportunities. He missed three weeks. Damn, con- contribute. Um. Okay, so McCaffrey's one, Ayuk's two, Kittle's three. So Debo's fourth in the pecking order now. When 
you still got a Mitchell and and Jennings and Ray Ray. I, I mean, Debo Debo is a great player to have. It's just that look at what he's getting paid for what he's doing. That that's the part that's hard for me. Name one play that Debo is the best option for on the 2023 49ers. A screen? It's tough. End around. End around? I might go to Ray Ray. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. Slants? No. Anything more than 10 yards on the field? No. Last year was different. It's different, man. We we know he has it in him. That's the thing. He's just got to. We do. Yeah, the burden's on him to show that he's got it back again, man. I, and I know you were hurt, and it, that's a legit excuse, but there's no reason to force it is all I'm saying. No reason to force it like there was last year. Jordan, D key in on 19. They shift when he motions. That is true. Decoy Samuel. Deals Dave says Brock's first interception was on fourth down. He had to throw the ball or it would have been a turnover on downs. I'm glad he, like he gave. He was the yeah. second interception. The first interception came in garbage time. So these are, this is why I feel like people that have been watching every single moment of Jimmy and, yeah. and Brock this year are like, oh, there's no, there's no, it's night and day. But then yeah. when you go back and look at the statue, you're like, wow, that's surprising, yeah. which is fair, which is fair for people who have Jimmy's back and all that or feel like we're overreacting to the moment, which football fans do 100% of the time. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the biggest I, difference is the touchdown percentage for Brock Purdy. I mean, that's, that's what sets him far better than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it's uh, and you mentioned it a few mo- weeks, months ago on the show. Like the last few years, the team that has won the Super Bowl has been the team with the quarterback who's thrown forty touchdown passes. Like it's a, it's an important stat. And I'm now they have a guy who's like on pace for that. Yeah, that that's finally the that's the key. Yeah, yeah. um, got you, uh, Noah Woods. Since you like to talk about rappers, Grant, Kyle's favorite rapper is Lil Wayne. Someone should ask him what's his favorite Lil Wayne punchline. Knowing Wayne's mind blowing bars. P.S. Kyle's son name is Carter. Yeah, Kyle seems like the kind of guy though who like names his son Carter and says his favorite la- rapper is Lil Wayne and can't name more than five Lil Wayne's. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah, like he probably owns Carter one, Carter two, Carter three, and then probably Lil Wayne sent him Carter four and Carter five. Probably never listened to it, but I doubt he actually. Was a fan of Lil real Lil Wayne fans go back to 500 degrees. They mm-hmm. knew that he was a good rapper before people, white people, and like uh, uh, critics at Pitchfork when Carter One came out, they're like, "Oh my God, Lil Wayne figured out how to rap." What? He was always yeah. a good rapper. You just didn't like the Hot Boys. Yeah. 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 If you want to hear Lil Wayne rapping really young, go put on one of the early uh, Big Timers albums. Song called Top of the Line. I can't say the last word because I'm white. But the first verse is like 15-year-old Lil Wayne. It's so good. He was always good. Always. In fact, if you're talking about the greatest rappers of all time. He's up there. Might be it. He's probably the one. Uh, At least from my generation. Ray Band says, trading Trey would be a mistake. People forget that we wouldn't be playing Brock if Jimmy was still healthy. What if Trey makes a big leap next year? I, it's a, it's a, it's a million-dollar question, man. What to do with Trey Lance? There are good arguments to be made on both sides. Um, and it is uh, if you get it wrong, ooh, you get fired. So, glad I don't have to figure it out. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere this year. Maybe after next year. I think they're going to see how this next season plays out with both of them. Um, again, got to see how the playoffs end up. Yeah. Again, remember Brian Hoyer was having that great season with Texans, and they thought they found something. Then he went to the playoffs and threw five picks in one game. It was yeah. like, hey, you know, shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. Everything we <laughs> thought we had is not there. Right. So we'll see. 
In the pocket, Purdy, Jimmy, no happy feet from Purdy. I like that. I agree. That's from Anthony Cook. I should probably narrate this show like it's not like it's a podcast because I do put this in podcast form. Sorry. <laughs> Morton Bach Jensen says we all laughed at uh, Christian Kirk's contract. He's had a better year than Debo. Love from Denmark. You guys are great. Appreciate Debo it. Debo had a bad year just all around from the beginning to the requesting a trade to blocking me on Twitter. Just a really bad year. <laughs> <laughs> mistake. Nico says I am not sure about Debo coming back, taking targets away without any impact. Maybe he can take the role of doing the Cupid shuffle. Or maybe he could play special teams. Although, really, you don't want to take the ball out of Ray Ray's hands at this point. <clears throat> yeah, Ray Ray's. He's good. Yeah. The freak says, how the fan base views success if Brock wins a Super Bowl, he'll be on the Niners, uh, Mount Rushmore. No no doubt. Third QB in Niners history to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, man, he's in heady territory right now. Yeah. But he hasn't won a playoff game yet, and Jimmy's won four. SoCal Niners says, after Jimmy makes mistakes, he falls apart. Seems like Purdy keeps on firing. Hasn't made many mistakes, though, honestly. We, we, I think the Raiders game was the greatest test for him. Like, it's just some adversity, you know, a little bit of adversity. But still, as the Raiders, how much adversity is that? You know, I think he's still untested in those situations. But everything about his personality and mind makes me think he's going to be okay. David says, it's January 9th, 2023, and Jimmy Garoppolo is still in the 49ers. Jokes, it's true. <laughs> it's, unre it's unreal. That lady is still drawing pictures of that guy every oh. day. Right. And he's never going to be traded. Never. Right. There's a so, no trade clause in his contract. He can't be traded. So when, when is it in? It never ends. Poor Rita. Poor Rita. In fact, in, unless this is what she was born to do. There you go. Jokes aside, will the defense need to step up more or the offense this post? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I still feel like the offense is a little untested with Brock. Um, and the defense was a little alarmingly lackadaisical down the stretch. But I feel like they, if anyone could turn it on, turn it on it's them. Will Victor, everything is working for Brock Purdy right now because uh, besides the 8-0 Kyle had in, let me try reading in English. Everything is working for Brock Purdy right now because besides the 8-0 Kyle had in 19, his team always gets better as the season goes. The same pattern for Jimmy and my biggest concern is for the Niners to trade Trey prematurely. That's a really good point. I was thinking about that. I asked Brock yesterday. I mean, not Brock, Brandon, Ayuk. Why is this offense so much better now than it was earlier in the year? Uh, not fishing for any answer in particular, but he gave a really good answer without throwing Jimmy under the bus. He was like, you know, we were really figuring it out early in the year. We, we don't play in the preseason. We always get better as the year goes on. And Trey, didn't, Trey played early. When did Trey look his best last year? When the offense looked its best, week freaking 17. Kittle yeah. played, the offense was clicking. Kyle had an idea what he wanted to do that year. Trey looked great. Trey this year, they come in week one in week two, the offense has no idea what they're doing. Most of these players didn't play in the preseason. Kittle was hurt. Caffey wasn't here. It looked shaky. So, I mean, it looked shaky for Jimmy early on. So, I mean, that's a good point. It'd be nice to see what Trey could do. It'd be nice to see what Trey could do before you trade him. That's all I'm saying. I don't think they're going to trade. Also, there's something you got to consider, too, is trading, trading Trey Lance is admitting you guys made a mistake. By yeah, and the Niners don't do that. They're not they never him. admit. Joey says, Ray Ray can't take over games the way Debo, Debo does. Don't forget how Debo carried us through the playoffs. Don't switch too fast. Love the show, though. Yeah, I feel you on that. But to me, the NFL is a one-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and like it's about who's in the best shape right now. So I, I love what Debo did last year, but that has no bearing on this week. Who's in the best shape today? Right. It's Ray Ray to me. But maybe that could change in a day. Glass Half Full Guy says, with all the good vibes with this team, would you still bring back McGlinchey? Vibes? You can bring him back because of vibes? I, I think they're bringing him back either way. I think so. I don't think he's going to get much on the open market. I think he's his 
his mentality and his confidence level is going to make him not want to try to go somewhere else. He'll he'll take a home a home court discount or a home team discount, and he'll be back next year. Is my opinion. And this is his best season ever, right? It's his contract season. He's really putting it all together. Well, he'll be back. I tried. Look, quality control set its piece. All I can do is let the decision makers do their thing at this point. <laughs> all right. I think a rookie can win a Super Bowl this year. Obviously, the rookie's Brock. Most It's never happened before. But I think there's something different about this season. Scoring was down for a long time. I'm not sure if it still is, but all season scoring was down. Offense was down. The question was why. Was it scheme? Was it coaches? It's fair to point out that the quarterback position just ain't as strong as it used to be in the league. I mean, the last 20 years, you could count on four, five, six elite guys in the league at any given time. And it was always... You know, Manning, Brady, Rogers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Rivers, da, 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 like those guys. Now, how many truly elite quarterbacks are there at, in their peak right now in the league? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And no, I'm me, asking you. I'm asking you how many a number. How many, say, how many? Say it again. Peak elite quarterbacks are there in the league right now? In, in their peak, how many? Two. Two. <laughs> Freaking two. And they're both in the AFC. Yeah. So the Niners, essentially, they don't have necessarily elite one, although he's playing like it statistically. I mean, they could make it all the way to the Super Bowl without ever having to beat a Hall of Fame quarterback, which is unheard of in the NFL. I, th- I think the biggest reason why I can see a rookie, Brock Purdy, winning the Super Bowl this year is traditionally rookie quarterbacks don't play on teams with this good. this these kind of rosters. No. Right. The reason why you haven't seen a, a rookie win a Super Bowl in the past is because usually rookies are playing on trash teams. Yeah. And they don't even get there. Right. So I think they're first round picks who were drafted by teams who were desperate for quarterbacks, started right away. Yeah. They were growing pains. Yeah. Now you're yeah. talking about a rookie quarterback who's playing well, super poised and composed. He has the best offensive weapons in the NFL, he has the best defense in the NFL. So if anyone's going to do it, I think it's Brock Purdy, and I think it's this year. Yeah, absolutely. And again, who does he have to go through to get to the Super Bowl? Like Geno Smith in the first round. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good story, okay, but not exactly prime Drew Brees. Okay. Right. So he goes goes through Geno Smith. Let's say they win. The next round would be most likely most likely Minnesota at home. Okay, Kirk Cousins. Not exactly prime Tom Brady. Right. And then after that, it'd be Jalen Hurts, who's having an MVP season, but he's untested too. Still young. Still, Still young. young. Yeah. I mean, so this is the year, man. This is just absolutely the year. And it is possible the Niners make it to the playoffs and both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are out. They may yeah. never have to face any of them. Maybe Burroughs is maybe who they're going to might have to go with. But yeah, I mean. That's what Steph Killer, Steph, Stealth Killer 3 thinks it's going to be the Bengals. Could be. Yeah, they seem to do well against the Chiefs. I could see the I could see I could see the Bengals being there at the end. I mean, they almost got there, or, or they they were there last year, right? So I mean, they could definitely uh, do it again. I, I think if if a rookie's going to win the the Super Bowl, this is the year to do it. Yeah, I would say so. On this team, uh, I would say so. Um, yeah. Sidney Johnson says Kyle's favorite Little Wayne song is "Like a Lollipop." <laughs> wow. Thanks, Sydney. What's your favorite Lil Wayne song? A Millie, probably. A Millie. Yeah. I would probably go with Go DJ. It's a good one too. Go DJ. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would say go DJ. Sean says this front office held on to Jalen Hurd forever in the running back from Minnesota. Uh, running back from Minnesota. Solomon Thomas. To trade Trey flies in the face of what they do. It's true. I just wonder, like, where is Trey's agent, man? You, what, what are you letting happen to your your client? He is he ever going to get to play football? Are you going to figure this out, man? I don't understand. At a certain point, like, when do you talk to the Niners and you're like, man, are you just going to hold my client hostage? Is he ever going to get to play? Like, do you hate him? Do you have a vendetta against Trey Lance? Why? You know, I had some really good words about Trey Lance this week. He did. He did. Was, was interesting. He didn't. He usually doesn't say those type of things, and he purposely said it for whatever reason. So. You know, maybe they're still really high on Trey. It would be nice. Anthony Cook says Eagles looked garbage yesterday. I saw Trey yesterday. I was in the bathroom, and then I came out of the bathroom, and he was waiting. And I was like, "Hey, what's up, Trey?" And he was like, "Hey, how you doing?" He has glasses on. Is that is, was that like just style, or was that like he needs glasses I, to see? I don't know. I was kind of startled because I wasn't expecting to see anyone coming out of the bathroom. You know yeah. what I mean? You just wash your hands and stuff. It's a little vulnerable, and it's like, "Oh, Trey Lance, how you doing?" Right. Like, I'm not going to shake your hand. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. But I did wash my hands. Eagles look garbage yesterday, says Anthony Cook. Yep. They've been looking garbage for a minute. Haha ha says, when Jimmy went down, all I heard was Super Bowl hosts were over. Now it's a cakewalk to the Super Bowl. Sport punditry is the greatest hustle. Hey, man. I mean, w- the last six games happened. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reacting to what's in front of me, man. I didn't expect Brock seem, to play this well. It, it just doesn't seem like it's – I'm not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl and win. I think – I mean, we're not going to do that right now, I don't think. But if I was – I just think it's easier than previous years. He's in a better situation as a rookie quarterback than I can remember another quarterback. Give me another example of a rookie quarterback being in a better situation than Brock Purdy is right now. But I feel like – haha, like so sports punditry is the greatest hustle. I feel like people pundits of sports punditry is the greatest hustle because – so – you and I will give a, a, an opinion of something, whether we like it or not. I like the Christian McCaffrey. It was good. It was, uh, trade. It was good. It was bad. You're right or you're wrong. I'm, no one's right 100% of the time. You're right or you're wrong. And either you admit that you're wrong when you're wrong, in which case someone like HaHa says, you're a flip-flopper. You take one position, then you take the other position, or yeah. you dig in and you never admit that you're wrong, and then you are the guy who digs in and never admits that you're wrong. So you can't win for losing. Yeah. HaHa. Yeah, it's really easy to just come on these shows and comment things and not actually put yourself out there like we do on a weekly basis. Like, so I, I said that uh, John Lynch should be win executive of the year. You know, he drafted Brock Purdy, traded Christian McCaffrey. Someone's like, you didn't like the McCaffrey trade. I was like, I was wrong. They're undefeated with Christian. Can't I be wrong? Can't I change my opinion? Like, what am I supposed to do? Be like, yeah, they win every freaking game with Christian McCaffrey and score a million points, but um, wasn't smart. Was I mean, I was freaking wrong. Now, the reason I didn't like the trade is because I didn't feel like they would have this impact with Jimmy, and I still feel I was right about that, but that's academic. Brock's the quarterback now, and with Brock on the team, it works. It was a good trade. So, yeah, I was wrong. Am I, does that make me a flip-flopper, or does that make me just a normal person? I don't know. Maybe it makes you flip-flopper. All right. You brought this up earlier, but a uh, big difference between this team and last year is just turnovers, interceptions in general. Mm-hmm. We were really complaining about Jimmy and his picks last year. He got rid of that problem. We were complaining about the Niners' uh, defense not intercepting passes last year. It took care of that problem. Yeah. Um, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you the numbers again. This year, the 49ers have intercepted the ball 20 times versus last year, nine. Um, this year, the 49ers have only given up nine interceptions. Last year, 14. 
So last year they were plus four on the giveaway takeaways. This year they're plus 16 on the giveaway takeaways. I looked at almost every single team statistic that there is. This is the biggest difference between last year and this year. Uh, and it's a huge, huge difference. And I think it's a part of the reason why they're scoring so many touchdowns. And if they continue this into the playoffs, this could be the reason why they actually go all the way and win a Super Bowl. Why? 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 Well, I think it's just so interesting that, like, a big take the last few years was how underrated Jaquaski Tart and Jimmy Ward were as safeties. And they were. Like, you had, you, there was an appreciation that they de- deserved for their game. Always in the right spot. Didn't give up big plays. Good tacklers. Like, super sound safeties. But this year, like, nine interceptions from the safety position. Wow. That's something that those two couldn't do. And Hafunga, you know, he had a he had a, a rough patch for about a month and a half where he was doing a, entirely too much. But it seems like he got the picture. D'Amico called him out. He didn't bust any coverages yesterday. And now you really do have two playmakers at safety, safety who are also good tacklers and stuff. So uh, that's a huge addition. I mean, we were thinking about Chavarius Ward, but the two safeties are huge. And then being able to use Jimmy Ward at nickel, yeah. he's a playmaker now, and he has three picks this year. Three, right? Yeah, and a lot of people were saying once Jimmy Ward came back, a lot of people were saying uh, that he should be taking uh, Gibson's spot. D'Amico Ryans was right for not doing that because Gibson has had a solid season, and having Ward there at the slot just makes the team stronger. So you got three really good safeties playing at the same time. Um, So I think that was a smart move by by D'Amico Ryans. Sorry. See what I'm saying? You flip-flopping. I'm flip-flopping. I'm flip-flopping. You're if you change your opinion because you were wrong, you're a flip-flopper every time. Sorry sorry to go off. Every time. It's okay. I, I don't really care. You can't please everyone. That's the the main thing as, as an analyst. You can't please everyone. And the, the more successful you are, the more haters you get. So just yeah. embrace it. You want this life, right? This is the life you want? Just embrace <laughs> it. Um, so, yeah, the interceptions are huge. I wonder if – I, 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 Look, we all know that the season – they didn't lose because of Jaquaski Tart's missed interception. That's not why the Niners – lost they you needed to win score more than 17 points but man it'd be, it'd be interesting to know it is a game of momentum and emotion and if Tashawn gibson had been the safety last year and he'd made that that pick and shifted the momentum would it have led to points for the offense i don't know i mean they've been leading the points for the offense recently his interceptions so both those all of a sudden you got a guy who who picks it off both interceptions yesterday for gibson was almost identical to that tart drop <laughs> which right. I know. Another right. big thing too is that I we haven't talked much about yet, but uh, also last year, who were they rolling with? Ambry Thomas and Josh Johnson, or not Josh, Josh Johnson? Norman. Josh Norman. Josh Norman. And, and how many passes? No, 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 no. It was Ambry Thomas and, and Emmanuel Mosley. Emmanuel Mosley was out there last year. Yeah, but Josh Norman was out there a lot. And then he eventually got benched for Ambry Thomas because he was so freaking bad. Yeah, right. He and, kept his job because he kept forcing fumbles. He would like give up catches on purpose, almost it seems, so he could try to force the fumble, and he was it worked for yeah. like seven weeks, and then they it dried up and they benched him. Another big thing, I don't have the numbers on it, but I'd love to see it because I just can, I just know it's got to be different. Think about how many pass interference calls the defensive backs had last year compared to this year. We haven't had many. That's oh yeah, that's thing. true. That that's was true. so frustrating last year. Um, okay, one more thing. Hold on, someone posted it. Where is it? Here it is. The Cardinals have requested to speak with Adam Peters and Rand Carthen according to Adam according to Adam Schefter. This is interesting. I know we talked about it 
just a minute ago with the uh, the Broncos, but the Cardinals, this is a team in the division. Um, they just got smoked by the 49ers. They've probably got a big case of 49er envy right now. Mm-hmm. Would it be interesting to see, like, the Cardinals become 49ers south? It might be a savvy move. Because a lot of times what, what teams in the division think is, if I hire from this team, not only am I getting someone I like, but I'm weakening a rival. Mm-hmm. Someone I have to face twice a year. Yeah, and I, I mean, that would that would be bad for the 49ers in my opinion they also i i saw something today where they're talking about harbaugh to the cardinals which would be another interesting development if that was to happen if you have adams adam peters and and jim harbaugh in arizona how 49er fans gonna feel about that yeah yeah i don't know it'd be interesting though like to have the 49ers philosophy on another team in the division, in the division, like they'd be competing for the same players. Yeah, you know, it'd be yeah. really interesting. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. Uh, all right. So the Niners are playing Seattle in the first round, and Seattle, we don't take them seriously. I mean, they just had to fight really hard to beat the Rams, who yeah. the Niners destroyed twice this year. Um, but I think the one thing we got to point out about Seattle is their defense is legit. It's really good. Now, it's not good against the run, but the Niners ran for 170 against them about a month ago, less than a month ago, and only scored 21. And then after that game, the Seahawks played the Chiefs. Lost, of course, but they gave up 24. So those are the two best offenses in the league right now. Kansas City and the Niners, 21 points, 24 points. Statistically, over the last three, four, five games, I mean, they have a top five defense in the league, and it's really hard to throw against them, at least statistically. Mm-hmm. Um that's my pitch to make this game interesting. What do you think? Did I do it? Are you are you interested? <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I'm not buying it, man. I just think the 49ers are better from top to bottom than than Seattle. The, the, you know, it is definitely tough to beat a team three times in the same year. We saw that with the Rams last year. That's that's something that is definitely concerning. Um, you know, that's why we were didn't make the Super Bowl last year. We had to play a team three times in the same year. Uh, it's going to be tough, but honestly, man, from top to bottom, I think the 49ers are just superior to this team and uh, I'm not, I'm not buying it, man. I think 49ers are going to beat Seattle this weekend, this Saturday. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I, I just don't believe Geno Smith is going to really challenge. I mean, I've seen him against the Niners defense twice. He mm-hmm. was, you know, not impactful. That's yeah. the nicest thing I could say about him against the Niners defense. He was not impactful. He was not good enough. I mean, I thought Taylor Heineke proposed a bigger threat than freaking Gino. Gino yeah. to me is a check down machine. He gets out there and he throws a bunch of short passes and he completes a bunch of passes. And it's like, for whatever reason, they hate Russell Wilson in Seattle. So all he does is go out there and play the exact opposite of Russell Wilson. I'll, I'll just throw the first read check down all the time. Great, man. Sweet. And you're nine and eight. Like, I don't know. I, to me, at least Russell Wilson gave you the big play. Maybe less now because he's older, but I'm not scared. As a if I were a Niner fan, I'm not scared of Geno. I'm scared of Russell Wilson. Russell beat him this year, so yeah. I don't know. That's I think, I mean, I I'm just interested to see what what Seattle's defense can do. I guess Russell Wilson on Seattle was scary. Russell Wilson on Denver was not really scary. Den, Denver's defense is the problem that get the 49ers had. Geno has a really high. I think he has the highest. I believe he has the highest completion percentage in the NFL. But it's like you're saying a lot of. The thing with, with Russell, though, is like if the game's close late, which it usually is on his teams, he'll make a play. 
And again, in the, in the Denver game, they sucked. But the game was close late. He scrambled for like 15 yards on third and long. He'll make one play that helps. And I don't see Geno making any plays. He's not a playmaker. At least, maybe, I don't watch enough Seattle uh, Seahawks. But he puts up good numbers. He's efficient. He's Jared Goff. You know, I'm not yeah, worried about him. They struggle with the Rams. I mean, they barely yeah. were able to score. They can't up. score. Yeah, against the Rams. Gino. So, it, yeah. it, it took a bad throw by Baker Mayfield to, in that game for them. The Rams had a chance to beat them uh, yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, Seattle's defense, they've done well uh, as a recent. I, I'm not sure who they've been playing, though. I haven't really been following who their schedule. Who have they been playing? Well, I'm just all? saying they, they held the Niners to 21. They held Kansas City to 24. So, those those are two legit defensive yeah. performances. Those yeah. two. Yeah, those are legit. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, they can't stop the run. But they gave up 170 on the ground of the Niners and helped the 21. So they still have a good defense. It's going to be a big challenge for Brock. It was a big challenge for Brock, but he was hurt and it was in Seattle. Let's see what they can do uh, in Levi's. It might be raining, too. Who knows what that game's going to look like? Short week in Seattle, too. I mean, maybe we got to take that into consideration. But I just, man, I'm not buying it. I think Seattle is just not. They're lucky to be in the playoffs right now. They are. Agree. Yeah. Um, Ramon, it's a nice story that's going to end on Saturday. Ramon yeah. says Hamlin has been released from the hospital. Yay! That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's great how quickly a 24 year old can bounce back. Sorry, it's very triggering for me because my mom was intubated this past year, and uh, that was a very hard process, and she passed away. But mm-hmm. she was 75, and he's 24. It's a big difference. Um, so yeah. good for Demar Hamlin. Yeah. Um. Clayton says uh, 175, 175 yards per carry without Mitchell is insane. LOL, 31-14 Niners. Yeah, Mitchell being back is a big difference maker to me, man. But Mitchell Mitchell gives them that uh, elite run game between the tackles. And CMC is obviously, you know, he's, he's very good. But Mitchell is, I mean, it's two touchdowns. Both of those touchdowns were – it wasn't easy sledding for, for Elijah Mitchell. He didn't walk into the end zone. He powered his way in. Having Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, CMC, do they have the best running back combination in the NFL? Probably. They probably do. Yes. Yeah. Because they have guys who play running back that aren't even running backs that you can add on. You know what I mean? If you just limited it to McCaffrey, Mitchell, and Mason, that would be the best trio plus Debo. Yeah. And Ray Ray. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's uh, move on. Going ahead. Arizona fired Cliff Kingsbury. This tickles me. Pink. He never should have got this job. Mm-hmm. He, he had a losing record in college. He couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes in college. He got fired from Texas Tech and fell upwards into an NFL head coaching job and still couldn't win with Kyler Murray, who he handpicked. And yeah. now he's out. What do you think? Well, what, he went 8-8 eight and eight and then 11-6. and six. And then what are they this year? Four and thirteen. Is that what they yeah. finished with? Yeah. yeah, definitely trending down. That the the show that's on Hard Knocks it definitely revealed a lot about him. Seems like a nice guy, uh, but not a lot of words, man. He really never said anything to his team. If you watch that show, did you watch Hard Knocks at all this no. year? No. So Hard Knocks in season featuring Arizona, and the guy really never said anything to his team. I didn't see much coaching going on. Um, and I know the, the relationship between him and Kyler Murray kind of went south, uh, according to rumors or whatnot. Um, I don't know. I enjoy when Arizona struggles and falters. And so 
I'm enjoying the whole thing. He seems like a nice, nice enough guy, man. Um, just not really head coach. I don't understand how he got a head coaching job in college. I mean, I don't see how he gets another head coaching job. He failed in college. He failed in the NFL. I That's two opportunities. He gets a third based on what? Because he has a cool name? Because he played in the NFL? He didn't even play. He was a backup. I was seeing somewhere that's saying that the, the Patriots should hire him as an offensive coordinator. I guess anyone would be better than Matt, Matt Patricia, but I don't like Cliff Kingsbury's offense. It's a gimmick high school rinky-dink offense. It's the freaking air raid offense. They do like three or four plays. It's not mm-hmm. good enough. Get out of here. He he's made what is he? He got a, a five-year extension from the Cardinals last year. He's set for life. Like, go do something else. Go go retire. Yeah. Go enjoy yourself. And then they got this huge contract um with Kyler, and he's not even gonna be able to play until probably midseason next year. Arizona's a mess, man. I, I it's another reason not to go with these big contract quarterbacks. Another example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh there, yeah, I mean, you can get over giving a big contract to a coach because there's no salary cap for coaches. But if you make the Kyler Murray mistake, the Russell Wilson mistake, it's tough to sell. It, that's a multi-year mistake. Yeah. You can't cut them. I mean, all that dead cap, it's like. That's a three-year so, hit on your franchise at minimum. You know, I feel like such- there's going to be a market correction here. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I, I don't know what to compare it to, but it's like, what is something that everyone decided they had to spend way too much for? That it was constantly essential in your life as an adult and you had to go away i don't know what it is but it's like all of a sudden people are like oh i don't have to spend all of my money on this anymore yeah. i'm not gonna do that yeah i don't that's what it feels like it's like you have to have a quarterback you got to spend half a billion dollars on it no 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 you don't you can get brock purdy yeah you can get jalen hurts right. just look harder yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah absolutely all right well um thanks for indulging us talking about cliff kingsbury i thought it was interesting nfc west topic that could be uh not, that could be D'Amico's team next year. It could be D'Amico and um, Adam Peters, Rand Carthon, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. Oh, Trey Lance. No, I don't think so. <laughs> not Trey. I don't think so. Yeah. But Jimmy, though, he could go there. Hey, Jimmy, Kyler, he's not going to be around. You want you want a one-year contract? Play with D'Amico? Mm. Mm. No. No. <laughs> no. Thanks for watching, everyone. Ryan, you got anything else going on today? Actually, we're, I was able to do my morning show this morning, so we're actually doing it at 12.30. So if you guys want to go to my channel, it's just my name, Ryan G. Hensley. I'm going to have Steph Sanchez, and I think Jack Hammer is going to be on also. So we'll be doing that at 12.30. Sounds good. See you guys.